Restaurant Unstoppable, episode 88. Welcome to RestaurantUnstoppable.com. Listen to successful restaurant professionals as they discuss the tools, tactics, and services they use to better lead, manage, and market their restaurants. Join our community and make your restaurant dreams unstoppable. Here's your host, Eric Cacciatore. Yo, what's going on? Are you unstoppable restaurant professionals? You know who it is. And this is going to be the quickest intro ever because today's episode, it went a little bit long and I'm going to try to respect your time and keep it under 40 minutes. Uh, today's guest, he's a real special guy. Uh, he reached out and gave me some time when I was first getting started to kind of motivate me and uh, show me the right direction to head in. And uh, it's great now that I have him here as a guest on the show. That's all I'm going to say. So with that, enjoy today's show. Here it is. Do not drop your service trays because I am so extremely excited to introduce to you today's guest, William Bender. William, are you ready to drop some incredible restaurant bombs of knowledge? We are going to rock it today with Restaurant Bombs of Knowledge, Eric. <laughs> Rocking for the next five or six hours, okay? Yes, uh, I cannot wait. Uh, so I'm just going to give a quick introduction, Bill, and then I'll hand it over to you to further elaborate and get the big picture of what you got going on. Um, Bill has spent his entire career providing leadership while working and consulting in all segments of the food service industry. Bill's expansive industry knowledge and tight focus on restaurant fundamentals obtain positive performance results for clients, independents, regional and national chains, and startup concepts. Today, he is the co-host of Foodable.com's Rock My Restaurant, and I mean, this is just like so scraping the surface of what it is that you got going on uh, and what you've done, but I just, I would be talking all day, and we only have 30 minutes, so I'm going to let you take it from here and kind of dive into what it is you do, how you got into the, in- the industry, and kind of like how you got to where you are today and what your your projects today are. So take it away, Bill. All right, Eric. Well, look, thank you very much for having me as a guest, and I'm really impressed to be, you know, in your first 100 people. I think you're about 80 or 90 shows now, and I'm really impressed by what you're doing. It was really great to meet you in person at the National Restaurant Show this last summer. So, you know, I got my start the way a lot of people did. I started when I was 13 years old working for my parents. We had a colonial inn in Western Mass in the Berkshire Mountains, and I was lucky enough to be thrown right into the business when I was 13 years old. And I started in the dishwashing arena, Eric. I got to wash dishes clean rooms, take care of the grounds, and do anything else that my parents asked me to do because we were open for business and it was a -a 24-hour-a-day business. So that's how I got my first exposure. And the real impact of when I was 13 years old was standing in the parking lot one day when a gentleman drove in, this real old guy. He drove in, and he must have been all of 40. And I said, what's this old man coming here for? And he pulled in, and he had two suitcases, and he was checking in, Eric. And I, I said, look, i got to take some action. i got to move. I ran over to him. I asked him if I could take his bags, and I took him inside to check in. Well, he gave me 50 cents. <laughs> and when he put 50 cents in my hand, Eric, You're rich. Dang, the rest <laughs> was history. I thought 50 cents was like getting a $20 bill nowadays. And I thought that was such a, you know, such a fantastic thing that I could take action 
and receive a tip. At the time, it was a big impact for being somebody that young. Well, over the years, I was able to expand and learn and you know get into more of the uh, full back-of-house positions. And my parents had that in for about four years. And I was very fortunate when I was 16 years old to start working for one of the first brands in the country that really spanned to a national brand, and that was Steak and Ale Restaurants. So I was a uh, junior in high school when I started working for Steak and Ale, and that was an exciting time because every restaurant I had worked in, I'd worked in three other restaurants before that, one for my parents and a couple other independents, and all of a sudden, Steak and Ale built a new building in Rockville, Maryland, where I was living, and they had a brand new building, clean floors, brand new equipment. Everything was bright. And it was such a perfect environment to work in. And what Staking Ale was famous for was the culture of their company. They had such a great bunch of people and great leadership that we couldn't wait to go to work in the afternoon. It was like if we got out of school, we were running to our cars to get to the unit so we could park and start working, where we actually got to see all some of the top industry people and and work with them directly. So I was very fortunate, and that had a big impact young in my career. Awesome. Through that time, I worked up through the steak and ale ranks where I became started as a dishwasher busboy, became a prep man, did that for a few months. And as I kept working, when you're in high school, as you know, Eric, a lot of young people are in athletics. Mm-hmm. doesn't matter what kind of team sport you play, but we were competitive. So if you're on the football team, the basketball team, it was like, well, you're going to play to win. So as I worked, I carried that type of mindset over to be competitive. If I was going to do the job, I was going to do it fast. I was going to do it good. And I was going to try and win. And all the things that I learned through my youth and athletics really carried over to my work experience and my work environment and my work ethic. Mm-hmm. So as I worked, I was getting noticed. And I kept getting people asking me, well, Bill, you know, you're doing a great job with prep. How would you like to become a broiler man? Bill, you're doing a great job being a broiler man. How would you like to become a kitchen manager, et cetera? So that kind of impact, I think, and the the notice by the uh, either managers or owners that I worked with really drove me uh, in performance. Bill, you did such a great job giving us the big picture. You're such a great storyteller, and your experience is so just bountiful um that's why i'm so excited to have you on the show but i want to hear a little bit more about what you got going on now with rock my restaurant uh one of my favorite resources out there so give us a big picture on what you're doing there with foodable.com okay rock my restaurant is one of the first shows on foodable web uh, tv and foodable was started by paul Barron. Paul is one of the industry gurus of digital media, and I met Paul a few years ago, and he's the author of The Chipotle Effect, and I've known Paul uh, for a number of years, and I got asked to uh, co-host a show with Eric Norman, and our show is Rock My Restaurant. It's about starting, building, planning, equipping, uh, managing, or innovation and technology in restaurants, and we're for people that are starting the restaurant industry or have been in it for a long time. It's awesome, yeah. I mean, I found that show and I was like, oh, this is what I'm looking for. And uh, I can't. I think I, I tweeted to you or something. This is like way back when, like the, the concept of restaurant unstoppable was just still coming into uh, into picture. And you were just so willing to reach, like, to you know, re- 
return my uh, my reach out and uh, you, you gave me like a whole hour of your time and you really were so motivational. Um, and I mean, I just remember that conversation like it was yesterday. And uh, now to have you on my show as a guest, you have no idea how excited I am. Uh, it's going to be awesome. So uh, before well, we start- I'm just as excited, Eric. I am just as excited to be talking with you, buddy. Oh, uh, thank you so much. So uh, before we start uh, diving into the questions, I just want to have you share your favorite motivational inspirational success quote or mantra what do you have for us well my favorite is you only get one chance to do it right so do it right the first time we get one impression with a guest so do it right the first time you got it man uh i love it so okay the first question i have for you is what is your it factor what makes bill bender bill bender and like if you can break it down to just a few of the characteristics that you think contribute to your success what are they well i have a lot of energy eric and one of the things that in our business there's all types of personalities in the business we have people that are introverted people that are extroverted but my personality is extroverted So I'm not afraid to talk from anyone from the dishwasher all the way to the chairman of the board. In our business, we have to be able to communicate and have impact. So I'm what we call really out there trying to connect with people because they're the driving force in the business. Awesome. So if we could break it down, you're saying it's your energy and your ability to network. And it's funny that you say that because uh, just before we started this interview in the pre-show, I say, you know, your, your network is your net worth. And that's probably why you're so successful, just because you're not afraid to approach anybody. And I, I'm sure that ability to just connect with people and to call upon friends and favors when, when you need it has been a huge part of your success. So why don't we just kind of uh, take these two it factors your energy and your ability to network and apply those two factors or one of them to a story bring us down to the moment and i know you're a storyteller so it's going to be good (laughs) i want to be there in the story with you i want to be feeling what you're feeling and it's like going through the emotions you went through and uh tell us how we got to becoming successful using these it factors Well, you know, what I like to think about is we always remember our roots. I mean, a lot of people, whether you're in the industry or not, go back to their childhood, their experiences with friends, their education, their family, the things that had impact when you're young. And I look back at how I was recognized at Steak and Ale for some of the things I did or some of the teams I worked with. And we're a very team-focused business. When at Steak and Ale, when we would break records at our restaurant for the number of meals that were served in one shift, boom, we celebrated. After work, it was all the team getting together. The managers, our area supervisor would come by, the waiters, the the back-of-the-house kitchen crew. We would all go sit out together and have a good time, basically. Mm -hmm. And we weren't getting paid for this time. This is after we had closed down, cleaned up, and done all the work. But sometimes we'd hang out to 2, 3, 4 in the morning just having a good time. Music would be on, and there would be just a good time being had by all. And that camaraderie is very similar to what happens in sports or other type of industries where people celebrate their victories. Mm -hmm. So when you do a good job, you want to share that good feeling and be positive about it. And we had leadership at Steak and Ale that felt that they should participate with us and get to know us a little bit. And when you get to know people like that, it really helped you become more of a professional because during that time, we were sharing inside business tips to each other. We were sharing good ideas and we were celebrating those things 
and it made us work very cohesively as a team because there was a lot of trust in the company at that time. Mm, so awesome. those are the type of things that I remember that I carry on into my consulting practice nowadays because a lot of the people nowadays in current times haven't worked on successful teams. But those, those times memories are things that came from my youth, my sports, working successfully in companies, and having great leadership that motivated you to perform for them. I mean, in high school, Eric, I used to be able to leave high school, go to work, be around a bunch of beautiful ladies that I also worked with, right, hostesses or waitresses, and work in a successful winning company, whether it was washing dishes, making food, being a broiler man or a kitchen manager, and then sharing the success that our company had at the time. So it was, it was quite an enlightening period. And those are the things that, you know, I, rec- I talk about and share with clients nowadays about how they can be successful with the culture of their company. Mm-hmm. Awesome. I love it. And, you know, what really stood out to me in that story was your ability just to make it personal. And that kind of ties into your ability to network. Uh, we hear about it in Chip Connolly's peak. We hear about, uh, you know, Zingerman's restaurant group and uh, Gonzo's restaurant, uh, American American Gonzo restaurant group. These are all examples. What they do is they make it personal and they get to know their employees and they find out what drives their employees. And when you bring it to that personal place, the people that work for you are so willing to go the extra mile for you because you're no longer the boss, you're a friend. And when you're working for your friend and you're in the trenches with your friend, they will go the extra mile. And it's just so important to make it personal and to, to tap into those, right. those higher needs. It's so cool. I love that you, you shared that with us. All right, the next question I have for you, Bill. So you talked to us about success and what it is that makes us successful. But now we got to talk about a time you failed hard and you just fell hard on that tush of yours and how you have to tell us how you got back up well there's there's a number of times uh that people are going to fail i mean if you look at the sporting world and i keep referring to sports a lot but you know even the best hitter is going to fail seven or eight out of of ten times In, in the restaurant business we don't have quite that same luxury but you know i have opened units or restaurants or been partners in them where we thought we had a great concept, we thought we had nailed it from the decor standpoint, the design standpoint, the menu, the food, the culinary, but bam, we weren't there at the right time in the market. So what happened was we failed in a couple of different locations in different, different geographic regions. And this was you know, independent restaurants, Eric, but we found out that a lot of times it's timing, a lot of times it's how people perceive your concept, even though we were on the inside of the restaurant, but the restaurant failed. So when that happens, it takes really somebody has to go back and say, what were the mistakes that were made? What's the autopsy of our business plan or the restaurant concept we were trying to open? And you realize you have to really be honest with yourself and say, you know, we could have done a better job with this or we could have done a job with that. And a lot of times there's some things out of your control. But when it does happen, you know, failure is something, but failure isn't uh, isn't fatal. You know, you can keep going, you can come back from it and learn from those mistakes and really drive uh, to do better on the next one. You're giving us absolutely great advice right now, Bill, but you need to give me a like, real specific example and talk us through a story about one specific time you failed and just give us the details because it's those details that are what's going to really help us. Well, I'll tell you one time I got into a partnership. This was about 25 years ago for opening a comedy club sports bar in the East Bay of San Francisco here. Mm -hmm. And I got into a business partnership with a person who was my ex-partner that really hadn't come from the industry. 
And what happened was I didn't do enough due diligence, even though I thought I had, but I didn't do enough due diligence to really get to know this person and his business record. So when we opened the business, we did not have enough capital to really be successful and, and hang on. And we hung on for close to a year, but really it was it was the mistake of not knowing the person well enough and going into the business with them. So what that really showed me was I really do a lot of due diligence before I get into a relationship or business right now. And that was my mistake, you know, but I've learned, I've, I've learned from that where I want to get to know the partners, the principals and something that I'm working with and get to know them very, very well mm -hmm. before I'm going to risk going into business with somebody. Absolutely. That's uh, one of the pieces of, of advice that comes up time and time again. You're getting into bed with these people. It's a personal, intimate relationship. You need to know if they're going to be a right match for you, if the chemistry is going to be there. And that was a great story, Bill. You got so specific. You gave us a specific failure. You didn't do your research. And that resulted in not having enough capital capital to you know get through those first initial years and then you, what you learned from this was you know due diligence you have to do your research and make sure you're going in uh with the right information and thank you so much for sharing all of that we are at the point of the show it's my favorite part of the show and do you know what this part is bill tell me knowledge bombs bill you're gonna drop some big old bombs of knowledge on us and i know you have some great ones i cannot wait are you ready to drop these bombs let's drop them i am gonna <laughs> rock these bombs eric right All now right. and this is i was just in a pro start food service class this week with some students at our cra educational foundation board meeting yesterday and we had some we had a student that came to our a board meeting yesterday, and I was also in a class earlier in the week. We had some students in for ProStart. And what I do with every student and every class I go to, whether it's college or high school, is I have them raise their right hand. Raise your right hand, Eric. All right. Okay, are you raising? I'm raising. I promise to read the one-minute manager in the next 30 days. I promise to read the one-minute manager in the next 30 days and then to do and an episode on it. And then email Bill when you're done reading. Now, that <laughs> knowledge bomb, Eric, is something critical. I have asked that of students uh, for the last 10 or 15 years. Awesome. And the knowledge that comes from Ken Blanchard and Sheldon Bull's book is The One Minute Manager. And this book is critical for anybody right that's going to be in business. I'm putting the reminder in my phone right now, Bill. That's how serious I am. And here it is, right here. You're looking at it? I'm looking right at there. it. I got Bill on video, and he's holding it up to the camera right now. All right, so i got to ask my questions. You ready? Yes. All right. So the first question I have for you, we kind of already touched on this, is what advice do you have for funding a restaurant? Well, you know, I'd like to be independently wealthy. So what I read, recommend for everybody is be as rich as you can before you start the restaurant business. Have a lot of money in the bank to be able to do that. Absolutely. Now, there's all types of new funding things coming on, whether it's Kickstarter, and there's, there's starting to be, a, I think, a couple dozen of those kind of web-based digital things. Um, when you're choosing partners, as I mentioned earlier, I want you to be very careful in choosing partners. And I listened to Mark Marino on your show recently, and I thought he gave some great advice. But choose your partners wisely if you do it. But if you can get the 51% that Mark mentioned to be the deciding person in a partnership, that's where you want to go. And sometimes it takes a little longer to capitalize or to save that money and put that together. But 
most of the time it's going to start out with an independent restaurant. It's going to be family or friends that you're going to raise capital from on your business plan, I think, to get started. Yeah, you know, you're, you couldn't be more spot on. It takes money to make money. Yeah, and uh, you are dead on, too, with uh, Mark Marino's uh, episode. That's episode 83. If you guys haven't listened to it, just go to Restaurant Unstoppable slash 83, and all the links will be there to listen to that. But uh, he gives some great advice on this question, too. Uh, thank you for sharing. Bill, the next question I have for you is, what advice do you have for hiring good people? Well, uh, you know, there's a lot of things that can happen in an interview, and when you interview a lot of people, People can jump around because you get interrupted. So what I recommend is you want to interview people in a private area. You want to have a structured interview. A structured interview means questions that you've developed and have written on paper or in a digital format that you can refer to in advance of meeting the person. Mm -hmm. Make sure that you're doing your background, reading the application, reading the resume, and checking this person out before you interview them. Mm -hmm. At that time, do a structured interview with 10 to 15 questions that are determined in advance, depending on what type of position they're applying for. And after this is done, if you've invested the 15 to 30 minutes in that first interview, then you're going to want to go into what I like to use, which is predictive index, and that is a personality profile uh, tool that I use uh, when I'm working with companies or clients. All right, is there a, a, a link you can send me that I can put in the show notes to share with our listeners? Yes, I can. Beautiful. I'll have that in the show notes as well. Um, what was I going to say? That got me really excited. Oh, yeah. Uh, before I ask the next question, Bill, i got to ask you, what is your favorite interview question to ask somebody? You're so specific about these questions, so i got to find out what's your favorite question. Yeah, I'd like to have a person tell me about their favorite restaurant or brand experience when I'm interviewing them. So what is their favorite brand out there? And please describe your, your total guest experience. So when I hear them answer that question, Eric, I'm seeing what detail they have to it or if they're just making something up at the top of their head. And I can tell how deep they go when they're thinking about a brand. Awesome. I love it. Uh, okay, the next question I have for you is uh, once you find these people, these you know one in a million great employees, how do you keep them on your team? Well, keeping retaining team members is has a lot to do with the culture of a company that we talked about earlier. I like to make sure that the investment in training really pays off. So I don't put somebody on the floor the first day and throw them at it or throw them on a line. What I like to do is spend time with them when they get uh, when they get started in a restaurant, and that a lot has to do with you know the term that we used to say is onboarding. So how somebody is onboarded, how they're brought into an organization, how they're introduced how that process is done. So they get a tour of the restaurant. They might have a meal with the owner or the manager. They're going to meet the other team members that they'll be working with. And we're going to be told about the brand at that time. So this is going to be taking anywhere from four hours to six hours for their first day. And this is without them doing any work. This is just getting them feeling comfortable with the brand and the environment. And that has a lot to do with being successful in the culture. A person that has that kind of experience and you're able to bond with them and what you're able to learn about that person really sets up a good foundation for them to start as they work their next week in different positions. Mm -hmm. At that time, I'm going to want to have certified training. And what does certified mean? Well, I want to have a person that's been trained in training. 
So at that time, a certified trainer is going to be recognized as a partner for this person and a resource, and they're going to be the one that takes them through the line-level positions and teaches them the how-tos and the what-ifs and all the where, what, why, how, the five W1H is what I call it, who, where, what, when, why, and how of working in the restaurant, where things are located, what tools are used, how they do things, all that process and information being shared really sets them up for success. Awesome. And I mean, if I could just boil this all down to one word, I would say just accountability. You have to take accountability for yourself. Um, You know, we as managers and owners, we like to blame other people sometimes. Like, they're, why can't they get it? Blah, blah, blah. It's, you always point the finger, but you have to sometimes just point the finger at yourself and say, did I invest enough due diligence to train this person to do it right? And is it really their fault or is it my fault? And, uh, I mean, that's what I'm hearing right now, and it's such incredible, uh, powerful advice. So uh, the next question I have for you, Bill, is um, – Okay, so when you're in the heat of the moment, Bill, we all have been there. We know how easy it is to get in the weeds. How do we get out of the weeds, and how do you power through it? And just talk to us about teamwork. Yeah, um, you know, I I grew up being in the weeds fairly often myself. So (laughs) I had to get clippers and and a lawnmower half the time. But, you know, there are times when I've managed a restaurant, and sometimes you're you're trying to hurry up so fast to get out of the weeds, and sometimes you have to slow down. So what I'm saying is you have to shift into neutral, get your feet underneath you again, and take a deep breath, think about it a minute, and say, okay, what are the priorities right now? What are the resources I have? Reanalyze the situation, and then calm down, and then make, do something that makes sense. Get the next thing done. And you learn that by watching people, whether it's in, you know, if you've ever ridden with a police department or whether you've worked in a medical setting where you see everything is going frantic, and then all of a sudden, they're going crazy, but then all of a sudden somebody takes over and gives direction and leadership, and those immediate directions or the voice of direction calms everything down. And it's the same thing in the restaurant business where you give some uh, definite instruction to somebody, you have to have other people calm down. There's other times where you have to have people speed up. So in that environment, I'm telling most of the time, just take a deep breath, think about it a second, and then work your way out as fast as you can. So, uh, what is your favorite restaurant resource? Any kind of resource, book, website, anything you got, what is it? You know, uh, at Foodable Web TV, you know, that was the executive producer is Paul Barron. I, I am learning so much from watching the other shows and the guests that we have on. And every time Eric and I have a guest or have done an interview, we're learning a lot because it's a visual medium or like your podcast now, Eric. When I listen to the three or four shows the last few days that you're producing, I'm learning stuff from other industry experts. Mm -hmm. And that really brings it back to the subject of being a lifelong lover of learning and education and reading. So when you hear other people talk about it, it really motivates me to even do that much more. When you you look at the resources that are out there now, almost every state restaurant association has a tremendous amount of libraries or data online that you're able to tap into. So we have the California Restaurant Educational Foundation. We have the CRA website that has a lot of information and links to it. And, of course, the National Restaurant Association has it. When you look at the different types of media out there right now, 
almost everything with a couple Google searches has some tremendous information. And now that I have your resource on, I'll be sharing those links, Eric, yeah. with other people, you know. So, <laughs> Thanks, you know, you're becoming one of the, I think, a good library for learning for, you know, young people, too. I really appreciate that. Uh, you know, and one of the things, the way I like to look at it, I keep calling this a melting pot of mentors. Uh, they say you're the most like the five people you spend the, the most of your time with. And today, it's never been easier to surround yourself with incredible people just by surrounding yourself with their content and just constantly just putting yourself in that, you know, place where you can just absorb this information and be like those people that are great. And that's why I love my what I'm doing with my show. I'm learning so much. And I, it's just I feel like I'm like all these people are rubbing off on me. And it's it's it's, uh, you know, it's so exciting. I love it. And I couldn't agree more with you. So the next question I have for you, Bill, and you're I got before I go I, to the next question, I have to say you are one of those people. You are an incredible mentor. And what you're doing with Rock My Restaurant, um, man, you got to check it out. If you guys haven't heard of Rock My Restaurant, because that resource is awesome. Check well, it out. Thank, thank you very much, Eric. And I, I'm lucky to be working with the Foodable team, but also with my co-host, you know, Eric Norman. That, that guy I am learning so much from, and it's such a joy to work with, Eric. He, yeah. he is dynamite to work with. And Eric, look out, brother. I'm coming after you, too. Don't worry. You're on my hit list. All right. Good. <laughs> so the next question I have for you, Bill, uh, let's talk a little bit about marketing. Where can you go with marketing, uh, whether it's social media marketing or it's traditional marketing? Where, where can you talk to us? Yeah, I, I think really, you know, we've talked about a rock my restaurant is how everything is driven, starts with the menu in the restaurant, whether you're creating a concept, but you always have to start with the menu. If you start with design, you're going to go down a path, but it's not going to have the menu at its core or the heart of the concept. So you really have to start with the menu the way some of your previous guests have talked about. Mm -hmm. And why that's important is the how you market that restaurant, what are the signature items, what are the flavor profiles, what are the visuals like, how can you market those products. Everything around marketing is driven from those decisions. Mm -hmm. So the marketing aspect nowadays we know has gone digital because I read the Chipotle effect. <laughs> I know it's a digital media out there, and I know that visuals are the thing that catches people now because of portability because of mobility because of digital media visuals are what gets people's attention just like billboards on the side of the freeway yep. and when you have a type of marketing going on everything has to be in alignment so i'm going to start with the menu i'm going to make sure that on all platforms for marketing like mark marina suggested is the you know openmenu.com that has everything transferable between different platforms so that's number one Number two is I want to be able to understand the social media that drives visits to my restaurant. Now, last week I had Yellow Pages, Eric, come to my front yard, you know, gets thrown in my driveway. Mm -hmm. And did I take it like I have for the last 40 years and put it on my shelf in my home, in my office? Absolutely not. <laughs> I took the Yellow Pages, I didn't even look at it, and they went right in the recycling bin. Now... That would have never happened 25 years ago because I would have looked, picked it up and looked at the ads and all that. But that doesn't happen anymore because we're now in a different world. Mm -hmm. So we have to be able to connect with the millennials and other generation members who are using everything on a digital uh, platform nowadays. So we have to know the different platforms and we have to know how to, to market on those platforms. So back to the marketing, it's understanding your brand 
understanding your tagline and having these things be integrated for your overall brand image, impact, brand identity, and for how somebody can get across to you directly. Awesome, incredible advice. Thank you for sharing all of that with us. And, um, you know, I want, I like to think that this show is a show for the indie restaurant owner and we can learn so much from the people in the, uh, the, the chain, the, the franchise world, because they're kind of showing us what we need to do to be competitive as far as technology. And it's never becoming more simple for us to adopt these technologies. They're becoming more and more affordable. You'd be surprised. And I, I really hope to look into some of those resources and start sharing them with my listeners. Uh, so thank you for bringing some of that up. Uh, the next question I have for you, we're kind of talking about it now, but uh, like we were saying, technology is becoming more and more important every day with just, you know, the whole operational process. So what are some restaurant technologies that really have your attention right now that you think are just incredible returns and in investment? Well, when you when you look at you know when you look at technology in a restaurant, you know it used to be just oh cash registers, and then it evolved into point of sale in the early '80s and the late '80s. And nowadays, with the digital media consumer out there, it's the integration of social media into the point of sale systems. So there's systems out there available now that tie in the users directly into the point of sale system on tablet forms or iPads that can be used. And these don't take up gigantic footprints and they're more easy on the eye Mm -hmm. to use. The people that are using them are able to learn because they've grown up with smartphones and, and digital and iPads. They're able to use them more. So the technology really is the point of sale is tying in the relationship of the customer to that brand to be able to recognize heavy frequent users that are loyal to your brand and getting that information that can really be utilized by the manager without having to go through rolls and rolls of ribbons or, you know, at the receipt paper that comes out of the old type of cash registers that we talk about. That's some technology. And most of these now are coming to a digital world that have these dashboards set up for us. So using the dashboards that are set up on different management systems, and there's half a dozen of these out there now, Eric, mm-hmm. that have things cloud-based, that, you know, easy to access, the basic information for a restaurant. We have to know what sales are by category, by department. We have to know the guest counts. We have to know our labor uh, budget, what that is. And are we tracking on an hourly or period basis where we can react to labor and not have it be something that we find out at the end of the month. We Mm -hmm. have to know this data on a daily or hour-by-hour basis to be profitable in the business. Mm -hmm. So that type of information at our fingertips is really the technology that is, is necessary nowadays to be a smart operator, I think, Eric. So what is your best business advice for somebody getting into the industry? Um, when somebody gets into the industry, I want them to do the due diligence that you've mentioned frequently on your shows, but do the research up front before you start the restaurant. I want you to be a student of the industry, and I want you to study half a dozen people or successful operators out there. And most of the people know, you know, the Thomas Kellers or some of the great things that we're even having on TV nowadays. I happen to work at, like I mentioned earlier, for Steak and Ale Restaurants, and there's a book called On the Brink by Norman Brinker and Donald Phillips that is a tremendous book that I learned a lot from even when I was working for that company. So I want somebody to do information and understanding the industry to dig deep to understand what are all the things involved in the industry. We have people that are talented with food, 
but they might not be great with people. We have people that are great with people and leaders and communicators, but they don't know anything about the bar side of the business, et cetera, or building a restaurant or designing. So there are many, there's over 300 different areas in our business that are specialty areas, from food nutrition to marketing to graphics to service, on and on, that have specific points of knowledge that are associated with them. Mm -hmm. So what I want somebody to do when they're creating a concept is to do a lot of studying and a lot of development work in the concept to understand what is before them. All right, the last question I have for you, Bill, and it's kind of sad that we're, we're at the end because, I mean, it was, it's been so fun, but wh what is one question I could have asked you that you think would have brought more value to this interview? You know, if, if you ask me a question about, you know, I'm, I'm not just about chain restaurants or, you know, I love independence because that's kind of where I started as an independent restaurant. But when that's you said, exist. If, if you would ask me, what's, what's a favorite brand or experience or guest experience of a brand that you would enjoy to learn about? I would love to hear some of your guests say, hey, this is one of my favorite brands. I think it would be fun to hear the different areas because there's so many areas of the country that you talk to people in and they all have different great brands mm -hmm. or great independent restaurants that we can learn about. Yeah, for sure. Um, branding is so important and um, I should try to, to implement uh, that that topic into the show. But you, you do a great job with the questions you, you sent me and prepared. I, th I think you did a fantastic job. If in only, the, if for only the, interview. the show could be an hour long, Bill, I wish that an hour <laughs> was more appropriate because it's so hard to choose. Um, all right. Well, I've asked all the questions. Um, I actually, you need to tell me what is your favorite brand. That's part of this question. What's the answer? Okay. Well, the, the answer for me is I started at my steak roots, you know, but I, I was lucky enough this week to go to a hamburger concept that I was literally just blown away by. I thought it was absolutely killer. It was up in Napa, California, and it was Burgerfy. Burger Have you heard of Burgerfy? I haven't. Uh, I'm curious. Is it a chain? This is a, a small chain. It's coming out of Florida, but they've just come to the West Coast, and they're expanding. But I think Burgerfy did a great job in a fast, casual concept to – really bring across a great product and a great environment. And as I was there, I had a lot of guests that looked like they were really enjoying it. So I think they're doing a good job. Awesome. Great. I'll have to look into those guys over there at Burrify. Um, so the last uh, question I have for you, uh, this is when we wrap it up. I, I know I keep on saying it's the last question, but this is more of a, this is more of a um, who do you admire in the industry and who do you think would be a great guest on the show preferably an indie restaurant professional because that's who we're here to learn from. Um, that's where my passion is, and that's who I like to help out. So what do you got? I'm going to go, let's see, let's see, let's see. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to put you on reserve, and I'll email you an idea. How about that? I'll give you a two right. good ones. Sounds good. I will be anxiously waiting for that because I know they're going to be just incredible resources, and hopefully they will come on the show and uh, go through what we just went through and just leave us shattered with their bombs of knowledge like you just did um so you know bill you have to tell us how we can connect with you and then we're going to wrap it up yeah my uh my website is whbender.com whbender and associates i'm a member of fcsi and of course i'm on rock my restaurant so i would love to have anybody contact me that needs assistance or anything i can do to uh, help them if they just have a question please contact me at whb at whbender.com Beautiful. Thank you so much for inspiring us with your success story, uh, opening the door to your failures, and uh, you know, serving us this amazing advice. We are all just a little bit more unstoppable because of it. 
and uh, I'll be in touch. Pleasure to be with you. Thanks, Eric. <laughs> Take care, Bill. All right, just like the intro, I will keep this outro quick for you, but I do need to do my due diligence like our guest today, Bill Bender, suggests. So uh, that is just reminding you guys to head over to the show notes, www.restaurantunstoppable.com slash 88 to find the links to everything we talked about today on the show. Also, uh, we took our oath today that we will be reading The One Minute Manager. Uh, I have not read that book, but I have heard great things about it, and it's not the first time it's been mentioned on the show, so I need to get on that. I will read it, and we'll do a show on it, recapping everything worth mentioning. Uh, So don't forget, too, you can get that for free at audibletrial.com slash unstoppable. I mean, if you guys haven't experienced the power of audiobooks yet, you're missing out. So easy to absorb incredible content. Just hit play. There's no more time for excuses because it's super easy. So until next time, peace out.